Hi, welcome to the This Mama Needs Grace podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Capel. This is a podcast about a lot of things. Motherhood, marriage, coffee, running, routines. But above all else, this is a podcast about love. It is about grace, and it ultimately is about Jesus. Join me here every week where I turn my neat, typed-up blog content into a raw and honest conversation with you, my friend. Happy Monday and welcome to episode number eight of the This Mama Needs Grace podcast. It is officially summer. Over here in Southern California, it doesn't quite feel like summer, even though it usually does at this point. Even though the weather hasn't been fully matching how we've been feeling, we still are pretending that the weather is sunny and there's no clouds in the sky. Today we went to the beach and we even took our first step into the pool. Even though it was freezing, it was still refreshing. It was so fun to have Hudson in the pool in his little floaty device, Nala jumping in for tennis balls, and Lance and I just being able to soak it all in. The beach was also especially enjoyable. Hudson is hitting this really sweet time where his independence is growing. He's becoming so much fun. I can so clearly remember our first beach trip with him last July. It was the most stressful experience. He was crying. I kept trying to nurse him, but was getting sand everywhere. We couldn't figure out how to fold up the shade tent that barely even fit us in it. This really is material for a whole other blog post, but I just wanted to give you an idea of the change a year brings. Today, I sat in my beach chair, I laughed and I played, we made sandcastles, splashed in the water, and walked to eat donuts and listen to live music. A year makes such a difference. Speaking of a year, today on the podcast, I share five tips to help keep you more sane when planning that first big year birthday party. I also share some reflections and encouragement when it comes to staying motivated and working hard even when you might not have a captivated audience. Okay, okay, enough rambling. Let's get into it. Here are my two posts from the week. Five tips for planning the first year birthday party. Before I was ever even pregnant, I would dream about being a mom. These dreams always consisted of two things, snacks and parties. I thought about making fun snacks for my kids when they got home from school. I thought about the snacks I would bring after their soccer games for the whole team that would be tied together with cute ribbon that matched the colors of their jerseys. And I thought about the elaborate themed parties I would plan. I thought about the organic homemade cake I would make for our babies. I thought about the different games I would make up that would go along with the theme. I thought about the millions of little crafts I would do to make the party unique. This is my brain. I know some of you reading this probably think I'm nuts, but this is truly the things I would dream about and get excited for. Then, reality hits. The fun snacks become squeeze packs you quickly grab as you rush out the door. The organic cake becomes boxed confetti cake. The truth is, it is so much easier to be the perfect mom from a distance. I think this is part of the reason it is so easy for us to judge others when we aren't living through their experiences. It is so easy to say, when I am a mom, I will do it this way. I won't do X, Y, and Z, and I will absolutely do all these things, and I can't believe she chooses to do that. 
Everything becomes different when you're actually in it. I never understood parents letting their kids co-sleep with them. Now, I totally do. When you're exhausted and they are again waking up for the fifth time and it's 2 a.m., you do what you need to do to get sleep for everyone. I also never understood allowing your kids to use the iPad at a restaurant. While I'm still trying to not do this one, I totally understand now why parents do this. You have to choose your battles. There are worse things. I always want to be the best mom I can be, but some of the expectations and goals my 13-year-old self dreamed up is much harder to follow through on than I expected. It just is not always going to happen the way I dreamed up in my head. That is just life. I tell this story to remind you it is okay if the first year birthday party is not perfect. It is okay if you use box cake. It is okay if you're scrambling to put all the decorations up as people are arriving. It is okay. I think the thing I forgot about when I dreamed up these mom expectations is that I will have my hands already full with babies and responsibilities. Sure, I could pull off a really great party with all the stops if I had unlimited time and wasn't tied to nap schedules and feedings, but obviously that is not my reality and I'm assuming it's not yours either. So, when it comes to that big first year birthday party, no matter how you choose to celebrate, I hope you can give yourself some grace and really enjoy this big milestone rather than stress out about that organic cake. For those of you in the middle of party planning or beginning to think about it, I have compiled a list of five tips I learned along the way. Number one, keep it simple. Some of you reading this might be thinking, obviously, but if you are anything like me, you will find a way to make even the simplest things overcomplicated. I'm pretty sure I chose Hudson's party theme, which was Hudson's rookie year when he was six months old. This gave me tons of time to overthink and make everything far more complicated than it needed to be. The reality is that this is just a first year birthday party. In the whole scheme of things that should be occupying head and heart space, this should not rank super high. There is nothing wrong with desiring to create a well thought out and creative party, but the danger is when you overcomplicate something that is meant to be light and fun. I really wish I kept things a little simpler for myself. You don't need to to do everything DIY. There is no need to make mason jars look like baseballs to hold the utensils. You can just put utensils out in the box. The simpler, the better. Choose maybe one or two things that are especially important to you. Spend time crafting and investing into those things, and then make everything else easy and simple. For example, maybe to you, a homemade banner for the high chair is a special piece to you. Invest time, energy, and care into that banner, and then buy a few other decorations that you don't need to make. Besides feeling the need to make a craft out of everything, I also tried to do way too much. There were the four banners, one of which I cut out a picture of him from every month. There were the cupcakes and the smash cake, which my amazing friend Hannah helped me make look like a baseball. There was a time capsule for people to write notes for him when he turns 18. There was the party favor cookies. There was the guess how many peanuts in the jar game, which I made my poor husband count out for me. You know something is wrong when the night before the party you spend over an hour at FedEx printing and cutting out time capsule cards and other random printables that I found on Pinterest. This was just too much. I made things too complicated. Don't be like me. Keep it simple. 
Number two, set up as early as possible. This is a tricky one when you are having the party at another location outside of your home. As much as I wish I could have gone over to the park two hours earlier, it was just not fully possible since I had Hudson and that was during his nap time. I probably should have planned ahead and had my parents bring him to the party as I set up even earlier. It all was fine, but it felt more rushed and chaotic setting up, so I didn't get time to take photos of how everything looked before people began to come. I wish I got more photos of how everything came together. If you also plan on having the party at a park or different location, I definitely recommend having a plan for someone to watch your little one so you can fully focus on getting everything together. Number three, limit Pinterest intake. I love Pinterest just as much as the next person, but just like Instagram for me, it can quickly become unhealthy. I remember when I was initially planning Hudson's party and beginning to pin things so that each turns one board, I would walk away feeling overwhelmed, stressed, and not enough. Maybe for you, there is no issue with Pinterest, but if I am being fully honest, my people-pleasing, comparative heart can't take Pinterest in large doses. Know yourself. Limit Pinterest when needed. I think I was on it a bit too much, and I tried a bit too many pins for the party. Pinterest is an amazing resource for inspiration and initial ideas, but be careful not to get too carried away with it all. The thing is, we see all these amazing displays and DIY crafts everywhere, but it is just one pin. They did one pin very well. I'm sure their whole party was lovely, but I doubt they also did every pin they had on their party board. We can't do it all. Don't get weirdly comparative or overwhelmed like me. Like my first point, choose one to two pins to recreate. There is no need to go Pinterest crazy. Use it as a start point for inspiration and then just focus on your party, not theirs. Number four, designate people to help in specific ways. Our families are the best. They are so helpful in everything. They helped out so much by bringing food, setting up, and cleaning up. If you don't live close to family, seek out a friend or two that could help give you a hand. I would also recommend being very specific with what you need help with. Ask them to bring a specific food type so you don't even need to occupy a headspace for that area. I would also have a set plan for day of setting up. This is one thing I wish I had done. I was so focused on all the little crafts I was doing for the party that some of the bigger concepts, like where everything will actually go, was not as thought through. Make a plan that includes exactly where you want everything. Then designate each of those tasks with the people that are helping you out. This way, there is a clear plan and everyone has a thing to do. Number five, let go of perfection and have fun. You survived the first year. You have changed hundreds of diapers, endured sleepless nights, and poured out endless amounts of love. If you are anything like me, you have also cried a ton this past year. You have been down, exhausted, unsure. But if you also are anything like me, you have never smiled so hard, laughed as often, or been filled with as much joy as you have built an unbreakable bond over the course of this year with your little one. This bond did not happen overnight. Like with any good thing, it takes time, patience, love. And you did it. You endured. You got up off that bathroom floor. And you have this amazing little baby that seems more like a kid than a newborn. Isn't it amazing what type of change a year brings? All this is reason to celebrate. 
So whether you choose to throw a massive party or would rather just gather close family and sing over cake, celebrate and enjoy this huge milestone. It does not need to be perfect. It does not need to resemble Pinterest. Of all that I learned this year, the biggest thing is that I need to let go of all those expectations in my head. I need to let go of that organic, sugar-free carrot cake I was planning on making from scratch for Hudson. Box funfetti is just fine. The reality is, they don't even eat much of the cake. So don't make things too hard for yourself. Perfection is not possible. Let go of it. Have fun and celebrate your sweet little one who has changed your world in the very best possible way. Stay motivated for an audience of one. Last night I went to bed feeling absolutely exhausted, discouraged, and unmotivated. I was exhausted because I am running 60 miles per week. I'm basically at the same mileage I was at in college, except I no longer live a life revolved around running. 60 miles plus a one-year-old that still wakes up multiple times at night is not the best combination. I was discouraged because I spent a lot of thought and time pouring into my blog posts, but I still feel like only my husband and mom and a few very kind people read it. It has been months of writing and writing and writing, but the numbers are just not where I thought they would be. These two places of exhaustion and discouragement lead to the ultimate feeling of lacking motivation. Let's just be real honest here. It is so much easier to be motivated to work hard when you know people are watching and are invested in you. It can be a real challenge to have the same type of motivation when it feels like no one really cares or no one is watching. Thinking back, I had it pretty easy in college. I had a team, coaches, the university that were all watching, all supporting, all expecting something from me. At the time, I hated the pressure, hated being told exactly what to do, but now I realize how helpful this can be. However, there is also something when these things are stripped away. I have never loved running as much as I do now and no one is watching. No one is telling me what workout I should do on the track. No one cares how fast I go. I could not run today and no one would even know. The same goes with writing. No one truly cares if I keep posting, or at least I don't think so. I am pretty sure if I stopped tomorrow, I wouldn't get any emails or complaints or pleas to keep on writing. All this leads to my point. Regardless of the audience you have, all that you do should be to please the only audience that matters, God. He is my audience of one, the only audience that truly matters. Again, if I'm being fully honest, I so easily lose sight of this. It is so easy to get caught up in caring about the followers, the likes, the page views. It is so easy to have your motivation be tied to external praise. I often care way too much about what other people think of me and way too little of how God views me. I hate admitting this, but this is a place I often find myself in. The problem here is that when our motivation comes from the approval and applause of people, our work will ebb and flow. When everyone is watching and clapping their hands, we will work super hard. However, when they all get distracted by the next new thing, our work will decline or even full on stop. The people can't be our motivation or even our barometer of success. They aren't reliable. They simply don't matter nearly as much. They have no say in our salvation. They don't know our hearts. 
Even when no one is watching, the Lord is. I know he sees me. He knows my heart. He reads every blog post before I even write it. While I can get so easily distracted and focused on the wrong things, I am thankful to be reminded that there is only one audience that is motivating everything I do. Strip away the crowds, the team, the readers. What do you do when no one is watching? Do you still go out and run as hard as you can? Do you push yourself to uncomfortable places when there is no one else to chase down? Do you keep writing even when no one is reading? It is in these places and these seasons that I think the Lord shapes within us a character that is built on Him, not people. This is what my heart has desperately needed for a very long time. And for most of my life, I've had an audience, specifically with running. I was in the front of the pack. I was being watched, recruited, wanted. Now, it is just me and the road and God. And like I said, I've never loved running more. There is something to getting down to the raw and simple elements that allow your love and passion for something to become authentic and real. It is easy to love something and pour yourself into something when you are being praised, but it becomes an entirely different thing when you still pursue it, still return to it day after day with no feelings of need to prove or please, but simply because you want to work hard for the Lord. After going to bed with these feelings of discouragement, I woke up to verses reminding me of where my true identity lies. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, 31. Where does your hope lie? Is it tied to people, approval, money, popularity? Or is it tied to the only one that truly matters, the Lord? Who are you working for, people or your Heavenly Father? I ask these questions because my own heart desperately needs to hear them. I will very quickly grow weary if my hope is in people. I will very quickly stop running the race if my hope and motivation lies in their applause. This is no way to live. I am so thankful that even when it can feel like no one really cares that much, the Lord is my constant audience that cheers and loves me regardless. So, even when no one seems to care, no one seems to be watching, I will keep running. I will keep writing. I will keep trying as hard as I would as if the whole world were watching. The whole world might not be watching, but the one who made the whole world is, and what better of an audience is that? If you can relate and also struggle in this area, I hope you can be encouraged wherever you are at. Remember that God has placed you exactly where he wants you. Whether you're you're an executive or in the midst of changing diapers, your work matters and the Lord wants you to do it with your whole heart, working for his glory, not the approval of humans. Whatever you do, work at it with all your hearts as working for the Lord, not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Colossians 3, 23 through 24. That is all for this week. I hope you were able to get something out of today's episode, whether that was a smile, piece of advice, or even a little motivation to not give up on that dream you've been holding on in your heart. If you are getting something out of these weekly episodes, I would 
so appreciate it if you could go on over to iTunes and rate and review the This Mama Needs Grace podcast. It would really mean so, so much to me. I hope you all have a great week, and I will see you back here next Monday.